Welcome to On, Cultivating Student Engagement in Higher Education. I'm the new host, Lauren Kelly, an instructional designer in UDIT Academic Technology Services. This reimagined podcast provides teaching perspectives related to instructors and students, but with a shift toward how technology and innovation add value to the teaching and learning practice. Expect to become better acquainted with support services available to you regardless of your course modality. The second half of this specs grading podcast will focus on the perspectives of specs grading and the challenges that can come with it. The hope is that this shared experience can help you gain a well-rounded perspective as you consider whether or not this type of assessment might be right for you and your students. My guest is Ellen Monk, Associate Professor in the Department of Accounting and MIS and the Learner College of Business and Economics at the University of Delaware. Ellen also serves as the Associate Chair of the MIS Department. She has been with UD for over 30 years, teaching a variety of MIS courses. She has co-authored four editions of the book Concepts and Enterprise Resource Planning and 17 editions of Problem Solving Cases and Microsoft Access and Excel. Hopefully a little dash of Ellen's personal experiences with specifications grading will be helpful to you as our listeners. We want to provide an alternative faculty experience based on how sometimes we can try something new and realize it might not be a good fit for that semester, for those courses, or even for that semester students. And that is simply okay. This episode will dive into her experiences and takeaways that might prove helpful to you if you happen to be on the fence about this type of assessment. Welcome, Alan. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we dive into your experience with specifications grading, I thought it might be interesting to reflect a moment on our own learning experiences and grading. Would you share a little bit about your own learning experiences as a student and how grades might have played a role? Well, that was a long time ago. As an undergraduate student, I actually majored in chemical engineering, so I changed careers kind of halfway through. Uh, We were all worried about our grades, not so much in earning an A, but basically just passing the classes. So the actual grade was almost irrelevant as long as it wasn't a failure and you had to keep your GPA up. Um, And there was very little grade inflation back then. So if you got a C on an exam, you were really happy about that. But over the past 30 years of teaching, you know, grade inflation has really taken hold and students are so grade conscious. But I know personally, I remember grades being a really big deal. And the when I thought about this question, right, and asking you about this question and my own experiences, I reflect back to high school. And I remember our valedictorian had a 6.67 GPA, which is ridiculous, right? And that's, I think, definitely proof of grade inflation. I just wonder if back then, if I had something like specifications grading, if my experiences might have been a little bit different. But let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit more about specifications grading. And I would like to know what inspired you to get started with specifications grading. And if you could talk about how you learned about this type of assessment. Sure. Um, So my colleague, Mark Serva, and my former colleague, Katie Burko, were very interested in specifications grading. And they had implemented the grading scheme in some of their classes. Mark was doing some research with another professor in the Learner College, Mandy Ballou, and Amanda Convery, who's actually in my department, around this type of grading. So the three of them invited me onto their project. Um, Based on some prior research and research models, Mandy created a series of six questionnaires for students to complete throughout the semester. And I have actually been using those questionnaires, requiring my students to complete them in all my classes, either regular grading or specifications grading. We're collecting an enormous data set and hope to begin analyzing the data for research publications. So uh, some of the questions do surround specifications grading, but some don't. So there's a lot of different questions in this 
survey, and it will be just a treasure trove of data for us for um, analysis and many different types of research tracks. Well, I definitely look forward to that research, and I'm excited that you all are doing that. I've worked with a lot of your colleagues that you've mentioned here. They've participated in SIT at the University of Delaware uh, and other roundtables that we've had where we've talked about specifications grading, and they've actually been on this podcast in the midst of the pandemic very early on talking about specifications grading too. So this is definitely um, really great to kind of touch base again about specifications grading and the things that we're all doing centered around that. So I wanted to ask you briefly to talk about how many courses you implemented with specifications grading and to talk about how long you've actually been implementing this in your course or courses. I was sort of like a reluctant participant in this, I think at first, but then I thought, okay, I'm going to jump in and give this a try because I like to try new things in the class all the time. So I implemented this type of assessment in only one class so far, although I've been giving that survey now for about, I guess, let's see, it's been three semesters, so like a year and a half. So the class I implemented it in was business information information systems, a sophomore level class required by all the students in the Learner College of Business and Economics. So that was implemented in the spring of 2022, about a year ago. And the other classes that I was maybe going to implement it in was very, it didn't really provide the right setting because this class was a a sophomore level class and I felt like I could have one, I had two sections, one class could be specifications and one could not. And the students at that level are from various majors and they don't communicate much with each other. The other classes I I was teaching were upper level classes where the students know each other. So they would be upset if I had one section of regular and one of specifications, there'd be too much discussion between them and one might get envious of the other. So I decided it was great at the sophomore level. The students didn't really know who was in the other class, and it was a good start to specifications grading. So thanks for providing that context for why you chose which class would be a good candidate for specifications grading. About how many students did you have in that sophomore level class? that you kind of had participate in that first go round with specifications grading? So the class um, had 40 students in each, I guess. Um, It covers um, enterprise systems, databases, advanced spreadsheets, and some data analytics. And again, kind of an appropriate course for specifications grading since some of the students, since they're all business majors. And I feel like some of those students might be much more interested in going further on with the topics and really giving it their all, where others are just like, oh, I just got to get through this class. So I thought it might be a good mix, you know, to try this. Also, um, you know, in retrospect, uh, the prob- one of the problems I d- didn't counter was I had to, the two classes back to back. When I was dealing with the idea of implementing specifications grading, I had to kind of keep it the same almost as the traditional grading because it was, you know, again, the same class, just two different times. So it was a little different, but I didn't have that much freedom in really creating, I think, a solid specifications grading methodology. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That sounds like that would have been ideal, particularly when you talk about them wanting to really kind of dive in at different levels and keep learning. So we clearly know that specifications grading as a type of assessment really is not new at all, but it might not be that common of a term for students, right, in our kind of typical classes. For example, students are probably more accustomed to language and grading around a point system, right? They have a syllabus. This assignment has this 
this many points. This is the total number of points you can achieve in this class. Or they might be affiliated with a syllabus that's more weighted in terms of a system, right? Your exams are 50% of your grade, homework is 15%, etc. In my own research, I stumbled upon an example syllabus from Jesse Stommel, a specs grading pioneer who teaches math. And he wrote in his syllabus, your grade in the course is earned by demonstrating evidence of skill on the main concepts in the course and by showing appropriate engagement with the course. He continued to say that in this class, there are no points or percentages on any items. Instead, work students will turn in will be evaluated against quality standards that will be made clear on each assignment. The work meets a standard that students will receive full credit, but otherwise students can receive helpful feedback on most of the items to have a chance to reflect on feedback, to revise their work, and then resubmit it for regrading. He also includes a really great, I guess it could be like a motto or really motivational piece in the syllabus where he says, by trying things, making mistakes, reflecting on those mistakes, and then trying again, you can make mistakes without penalty as long as you eventually demonstrate evidence of skill. And I definitely think that's helpful in terms of the thought process of growth mindset for students. A lot of students struggle right now with motivation and disengagement. So I just thought it was really helpful for starting that conversation with your students about specs grading and how it would be different. Ellen, how did you introduce specifications grading? And more specifically, how did you prepare your students for this different type of assessment that they might not have been used to? Okay, yeah, that was challenging because I do think some students were kind of confused and they scratched their heads a few times when I did um, introduce it in during the semester. But again, just to review, I had the same two classes back to back. The first one I used specifications grading, second one regularly graded. And I spent a lot of time talking to the students the first day about that different grading scheme. Um, I also had a tremendous amount of documentation on our learning management system that prepared them for that different type of grading. So some of the verbiage that I used, just example, uh, I said learning and assessment for this class will follow a tiered grading format. Instead of grading each assignment on the percentage you complete, no partial credit or any assignment will be given. All assignments will be graded completed, pending, or incomplete. So that went for, let's say, all homeworks. They were either complete, pending, or incomplete. This tiered learning and assessment format is about you working toward the grade that you, not the professor, select. By eliminating partial credit for incomplete assignments, you're rewarded for completing the listed specifications provided for the assignment rather than punished for making mistakes. So that was the goal for it. Now I had also a whole tier set up and I really modeled this after one of my colleagues in this project, Mandy Ballou. She used this for her class and her class also I believe was a sophomore level class. So I thought, well, this will work okay. So for example, to earn an A, you had to do the following. Earn no unexcused absences. Now, students are absent and if they told me that they were sick and they made up the work, I assumed it was excused. They had to tell me about it. They couldn't just not show up. So no unexcused absences for, for the whole semester. Um, they had to complete all the quizzes with an 85% grade or better. Uh, they had to complete the final project with an 85% grade or better. And they had to complete all five point homeworks projects with an 85% or better. And then they had to finally earn an 85% or better on a comprehensive final exam. 
And um, that was my A requirement. So that was sort of the, the, you know, the gold standard there. And then the B and C had less requirements, like no final exam if you didn't want to. Um, you could have, you know, an absence here and there. There were some other less stringent requirements on the B and C. But they still had to get that 85% on exams, which we'll talk about in just a little while. Well, clearly we can, you know, definitely make the argument that there are a variety of ways to implement specifications grading based on the course that you're teaching, the semester, the types of students that you have, competency levels, et cetera. In part one, I shared that example statement in that syllabus about Jesse Stonewall. And so just like your framework, right, where you had those examples of kind of this ungrading and specifications grading this kind of blend, he incorporated the A, B, C, et cetera, just like you did. And also similar to criteria, he had a high pass or pass or no pass or excellent, just like you had a completed pending incomplete. You know, we're going to talk about kind of resubmissions. He also offered this opportunity to resubmit until you get it if you wanted to for, you know, optimal learning mastery, for example. It sounds like, too, you implemented a lot of these things throughout all of your course assignments, but can you talk about your specifications grading framework in a little bit more detail related to kind of our hot buttons that I know our listeners would want to know about, which are how that attendance worked, midterms and finals, things like that. Okay. So as I, as I previously mentioned, I did require attendance. And I think that's like, so if I even go back to what pre-pandemic days, I never, I never, ever required attendance. And I require attendance now for all my classes because I think after the pandemic, students were really used to just sitting at home. That's not what a university, at least our university is about. So I required attendance for everything. Um, and grades of homeworks and projects were at a certain level, also exams. Um, as I mentioned before briefly, the final exam was optional for those who opted for a B and C. And there were a few students that knew they were not going to be able to make that A range, and they just didn't show up, which was fine. So they didn't take that final exam, but mostly everybody else did. The C level grade was allowed for one unexcused absence. So I was pretty strict about these things. And uh, maybe I shouldn't have been so strict because it did cause me some issues issues here and there. <laughs> but that's all part of the learning process, right? That's right. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. you got to try. If you don't try, yeah. you never succeed. Yeah. Exactly. You'll never know what works and what didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we talked about a little bit earlier, we alluded to this resubmission process. So let's talk a little bit about that. If you used a token system, can you also elaborate on that and how students earn the tokens? And then also, how did you keep track of that? And wouldn't that be kind of an arduous process? It was a huge problem. So my token policy was as follows. Each student will have two tokens to be used throughout the semester for any late work, revising work, or missed classes. These tokens will provide an extension and an opportunity to submit for a new grade or an excused absence. Um, And they would be handled directly with me or case by case a basis. And they would email me to redeem the token. Well, I mean... This was a huge problem. First of all, two tokens were way too few. This is, again, I followed what the other professor was doing. Big problem in my class. And I was very strict about these rules when I said, okay, I'm doing specifications grading. I'm going to follow these rules really well. Well, that was a problem. So for some students, two tokens were too little. I had a group of students consistently doing less than 85% on quizzes. I never should have said 85% because they would get, let's say a 70. And I would say, look, if you don't pass this, you're not going to pass the class. And they were almost in tears, right? So I was like, what do I do? Because they consistently did poorly on quizzes. I had to figure out a way to allocate more tokens. 
Otherwise, they would fail after the second quiz. They would fail the class. So I made up a scheme that students who participated in class could earn more tokens. I just decided I've got to do something, right? That caused a little problem because the low scoring students didn't participate in class. So they never would raise their hand if I asked them a question. So what I had to do is I had to basically give them the questions that I would be asking them in class the next time, called warm calling, not cold calling, Mm -hmm. to prepare them, then allocate a token to their answer, which was kind of a crazy thing. But I felt like these students were getting 70s and they were going to fail the class. As I said, I made an error in making the pass rate 85%. I should never have done that. I was following the recommendations for another class, and that was just way too high. So for some students, you know, I had to give them more than one token to make up these problems, right? So they'd fail the first quiz, then I'd make up a token. Then they might fail the makeup, and then I'd have to get them another token. It was just pulling a very small group of students through this class. It was just pulling them through. Now, on the positive side, I think these students learned a lot because they kept having to study for a makeup. But I have 40 students. Making up an exam is very, very time consuming. So I I made mistakes here and I tried to kind of rectify those mistakes on the fly by, you know, allocating those more tokens. They had to earn them. So I think they learned a lot from it, but it was a huge burden on my end. Well, I'm sure that those students that really needed that change in real time, because clearly you were doing that in real time as you were receiving the feedback and trying to keep track of who wasn't doing well with what. And in some cases, a lot of individual students, it sounded like. I'm sure they were appreciative of your flexibility, although that clearly sounds like that tremendously added to your workload. But this also makes me think to ask you, would you try to implement specifications grading again in the future? And if so, what do you think you'd do differently? Okay, I'm willing to try this again, but I would do a completely different format. And I know that there's different formats. I was so strict about these specification gradings, as I mentioned, you know, I'm a rule follower. And I was like, I put these down, I'm going to have to follow them. And then I found out when I the class was over, that the other professor who actually had the same specifications was very flexible and was constantly giving extra tokens out. I was like, you're kidding me. I didn't know that. So I think it's important to follow the rules because students need to know what the rules are of the class. But I would definitely change the idea of like how many tokens, that would be one thing. Another thing I, I think would be really good, especially for an upper level class, would be to assign a project at the end of the class for a student to complete individually if they want to earn an A grade. That, along with earning good grades on the exams and homeworks, would give them an A. So I think that's really a good goal because I know that I have some students that are just like really interested in the subject. So on my upper level classes, I could see that being very, very successful. Like if you want to get an A, you need to do this project on your own at the end of the semester. And then those students who are like, eh, I don't have time. they get a B. And that's what they're satisfied with, right? Depending on the level of class, I might not require a specific grade for quizzes. Uh, The reason is that it's it's so time consuming to make up those makeup quizzes. If it's a high level class, like a 300 level class, my exam preparation is very challenging. So I have to create makeup exams for those students. And that would be a lot, a lot of work because I find it's very difficult to make up a good exam. So I know pedagogically, it's beneficial for a student to take an exam over, but I have a lot of students. So I don't know whether I could do that. It, it would be good, but I'm, I'm not sure. So I'm on the fence about that. I think it's good for the student, but I don't know. Um, I'm unsure about using the tokens. You know, one, one problem I had was this was our first in-person class after the pandemic. 
So I was really lenient. And if I did decide to use the tokens, I would allocate a lot more than two, but I'm not sure I would do that. I don't know. I have to think that again. Well, it definitely sounds like the tokens require a lot of strategy in terms of how they play out, how many is enough. You add more, even though you have set this is the rule. And I'm like you too, Ellen. I am a rule follower too. <laughs> so it would have been difficult for me, I think, in that in real time to pivot if I had gotten kind of this template from a colleague and they were like, well, this, you know, this has worked for me. So it, it probably would have been difficult to pivot and then just kind of getting the feedback that you were getting in real time to just auto adjust in that moment. Before we kind of close out this conversation, I'm just curious if there's anything else that you might want to share with our listeners about specifications grading. Yeah, let me just throw a few more things out there that just came to mind. So I do have a colleague that um, allocates more tokens, but he uses it in the situation where, you know, if you're missing class because you're sick, you have to use a token. Um, but just in general about specifications grading, I mean, I think it's always good to think about how students learn and what motivates them. I mean, in a perfect world, if I had a small class, you know, I might not do any grading at all. I might just say, let's learn, let's do these assignments. And I'll say, Lauren, you know, you're doing a great job. You're getting this grade or Lauren, eh, you're not doing that great. You're going to get this grade. And I think that would be wonderful, you know, no grading at all. But, you know, in reality, students are very fixated on their grades. They're worried about their GPA, graduation, getting a job. And um, I feel like I still have to have some of that old-fashioned grading in there. But I think I can add some good parts of specifications grading. You know, this idea of maybe challenging them to do something on their own, or if I have enough time, or maybe I have some old makeup exams, maybe those makeup exams, they are really good because students have to work for that. And I think that's great because the more you test students, the better they learn. So that's a really positive thing. And I don't want to be lazy and say, oh, I can't make up another exam, but it is very challenging for me to do that. So, you know, there are some really good things about specifications grading, and I hope that um, your listeners aren't saying, ooh, this is really bad, I'm never going to do it. I think there are good things about it, but um, my first experience with it was not that pleasant, but I'm willing to try it again, and hopefully next time I come back, I'd have a more positive attitude towards specifications grading. Excellent. Well, I think that it's great that you have provided your lens. We don't want to just make, you know, specifications grading this, you know, it's golden. It's just wonderful because there are a lot of rough patches. And I think even the faculty that are currently doing it, they talk about their rough patches and kind of what didn't work and a lot of them put it into practice because it, it was beneficial to them, not just their students. So everybody kind of has a different story. So I definitely appreciate your perspective because this helps to kind of give a well-rounded view of what it's all about, the good, the bad, and the ugly of specifications grading, so to speak. So I want to thank you so much for your time, Ellen. Again, thank you for sharing your story with us. This Reimagined podcast provides teaching perspectives related to instructors and students, but with a shift toward how technology and innovation add value to the teaching and learning practice. So if you liked what you heard today, please make sure you subscribe. This podcast provides innovative ideas from our brilliant faculty members that continue to help you shake up your teaching practice and add a little seasoning to your course design. If you have any questions, you can contact me directly at laurenmk at udell.edu. I'm always looking for podcast guests as well as rich content for each season. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you'll hear us next time.